everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. Having the naysayers is really good motivation, but they can't be the only Mm -hmm. reason why you are kicking butt. It really has to come from you. And then that's just secondary. That's Mm -hmm. just like an extra, like, you know Mm -hmm. what? Yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And if you happen to see that I'm doing really well in five, 10 years, or I'm, you know, voice of the toy that your kids play with, just Mm -hmm. remember when you told me I couldn't succeed. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all of the challenges that come with starting a business between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company. We wake up and hustle every day. But we love what we do. And today we're talking with Bonnie Williams, voice actor and business owner of the Voice Over Superhero. Bonnie has been acting for over 20 years in the theater and on stage, in television, film, and voiceover. Bonnie, we're so excited to have you. Welcome to Hustle and Gather. Yes, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And by the way, for those of you that are listening, today we are drinking a Captain Marvel on vacation cocktail because it's quite fitting for our guest today. As always, you can find a recipe in the show notes. It's very good. It's very yeah. rummy. It's it's very like just alcohol. It's very in much general. just alcohol. It's like, oh, okay. like awesome. with some blue coloring. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, if it wasn't 10 a.m. here, I would be I would be having some too, but <laughs> cutting it close a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta work. <laughs> oh, well, we are so excited to have you. We've been really been looking forward to this for a while. We heard about you a couple of months ago, but we really want to dive into your story. We know that you are from LA, correct? Correct. Where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what initially brought you to theater and acting? I think I was, I'm not going to say I was meant to do it, but I had <laughs> family in show business that was adjacent. So it was always around. My parents did theater. We had family friends that were on Broadway. So I was always around it, but I just never really thought of it as anything like a serious career path. Not that my parents weren't encouraging, but I think people are very much in the like realistic, like, okay, well, if you're going to be an artist or somebody creative, you have to have something serious and something else to fall back on. You have to have another plan. You have to do this. And everybody means well, but it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's the right thing for you. So I think I decided I wanted to be an actor when I was about 16. Like that was, I said, that's it. I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to go do the actor thing. And that's what I'm going to do. So I was always involved with it, but it wasn't until I got older that I got really serious about it. So you went to New York to get serious about acting from LA. I was going to, (laughs) that was the goal was I wanted to be on Broadway. Okay. Unfortunately, the nature of the business can be that the older you are as a woman in the performing arts, the harder it can be to find roles that are for you that aren't, you know, 
grandma or something, if you're over 30, you know, like my goal was to be Belle in Beauty and the Beast. And I've looked at casting calls and they'll say, you know, girls 18 to 28 can play Belle. And it's like, well, a little too old for that, but I can play Mrs. Potts. And it just broke my heart. (laughs) It broke my heart. But the goal was to go beyond Broadway. And I had some family stuff that kept me close to home. So I stayed in California and, you know, it worked out. I probably was not cut out for Broadway if I'm being real with myself, but you know, it doesn't mean I don't love singing show tunes in the car and performing all (laughs) the parts specifically. It can be fun that way, but the goal was to go to New York and I stayed in LA and I think that worked out for the best. I probably wouldn't have gotten into voiceover if I'd gone to New York. So connect those dots for us. So you realized at 16 that you wanted to be an actor. You had this idea of going to New York and you ended up staying in California. So how did you get from that to where you are today? Yeah. So I was going to school out here in California and my first voiceover job was about 10 years ago now. And a friend of mine worked at the local college radio station and she said, Hey, you know, do you want to do a radio commercial? And I said, yeah, okay. What do I have to do? And she said, well, you know, just pretend you like Mexican food. That's it's not acting. I can do that. That's yeah, yeah, that's not a reach. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Oh no, delicious Mexican food in <laughs> Southern California. And I have to pretend I like it. Okay. And I have to play like a college age person. Oh no. And I thought it was super fun. And then I just kind of forgot about it. And I said, well, I'm still going to go to New York. And then family stuff happened that I had to stay close to home for that. And I just kind of didn't think about it. I just was like, oh yeah, that was cool, but I have this. And then I was doing, you know, TV and film and theater and I was just really unhappy. Like I was meeting a lot of cool people, but I wasn't feeling that joy. I didn't like being on camera because my face was doing one thing. I just wasn't as comfortable with it. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Like I loved theater and I was, you know, I just was trying to find that thing. I said, I want to be an actor, but what's that thing? Where do I fit into the puzzle? And that's when a few of my voiceover friends in the industry said, you know, you should give this a try. And I said, I've kind of done something before, but sure. And they said, we think you'd be really good at it. I said, all right, let's try it. And one of my friends threw me into her booth, not literally, but she said, no, go in there into her recording studio. Mm -hmm. And I got behind the mic and we were just riffing back and forth. And I felt this freedom and this happiness that I hadn't Mm -hmm. felt in so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, from when I was getting my undergrad degree in Mm -hmm. theater and I said, you know, this is something worth pursuing. This makes me happy. They don't really care what you look like. You could be making the craziest faces and your arms are flying around, but (laughs) If you're getting the right sound, who cares? And it was just this freedom and this happiness and this joy. And I said, all right, I got to pursue this. And that was kind of what put me on that path. And she said, you know, you need to take classes with people who don't know you and get training and get other opinions and see if this is something you want to do. And I said, all right, I'll go put in the work. And I loved it. And everybody I was meeting was saying, you know, you're really good. And, and, I think you could really do this and to have that kind of feedback and validation Mm -hmm. was nice, especially when you're doing something Mm -hmm. new, but when you have people who believe in you and can maybe see more than you can see for yourself, it's really cool to have that. And I love that you had people in your life that really pushed you and made you think outside of what you thought was what you should be doing or your normal. 
but were there people in your life at this time? So I can imagine I have children. They're not of, they're like nine 11. I can imagine my daughter first saying she wants to go in theater as a parent. You're like, all right, good. That's mm-hmm. solid. We can make a living doing that. But what themes even more like farther removed, it has to be like more, uh, a harder career to break into. Did you have anyone in your life that was like, this is not necessarily naysayers, but really try to encourage you to do something a little bit more quote unquote normal? Yes. <laughs> there was no hesitation <laughs> answering that question. Yes, absolutely. You tell people I'm going to be an actor and they go, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and people, especially when everything happened during the pandemic, right? We all went in lockdown. Everybody started turning on Netflix and what can we watch and what can we binge? But some of those same people are the ones that say the arts aren't important. Hmm. Like, oh, so what were you watching last night? I was watching this TV show, blah, blah, blah. And this happened. I'm going, but the arts aren't important. Okay. It's really interesting (laughs) when you start to notice that, Hmm. but it was always people who meant well, I think for the most part. I mean, people would say, you know, you're great, but something more realistic. How about you try, you know, what if you go be an acting teacher, be like a theater teacher and do that? Mm -hmm. Like, that's good, but that's not what I want to do. And I think I was always pretty laser focused. So after a while, I think people stopped trying to talk me out of it. But, you know, there's always days where there's ups and downs and on the downs, that's when people say, well, what if you try this? Because they don't want to see you hurt, but they do know that it's pretty cutthroat and it can be really competitive and they mean well, but Mm. I think I definitely had naysayers who I don't think were coming from a good place. I had an ex-boyfriend who told me that I was not what LA wanted. He thought I was beautiful, (laughs) but I was not what the industry wanted. He didn't work in the industry, by the way. And I've never forgotten that. Yeah. Did you realize that at the time that these people were more toxic? in your life? Or did it take a while to actually figure out that? Took a long time. It took a lot of unlearning. It took a lot of therapy. I am a big believer in going to therapy and that helps a lot. Taking care of your mental health is so important. And sometimes you don't see what's going on when you're in it. It's after Mm -hmm. you get out and you can look back and go, wow, that was not healthy. And you don't know it at the time. And it's that perspective and that distance where you can really look back at that and look back at your hopefully growth and realize that maybe you've learned since then. And if you are, you can't, okay, let me me try to figure out how to phrase this. Having the naysayers is really good motivation, but they can't be the only Mm -hmm. reason why you're kicking butt. You know, that can be an absolutely good motivator, you know. I got to get up. I've got, you know, haters to prove wrong, but you have to have (laughs) an internal fire to keep you going, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's my thought process with it is that it really has to come from you. And then that's just secondary. That's Mm -hmm. just like an extra, like, you know Mm -hmm. what? Yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And if you happen to see that I'm doing really well in five, 10 years, or I'm, you know, voice of the toy that your kids play with, just Mm -hmm. remember when you told me I couldn't succeed. Yeah, I think that just life has taught me that oftentimes when people say things like that or they make really mean and hurtful comments, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them and their insecurities and where they're at on their journey. It just happens to be like intersecting with your journey at that point. But you can only give it so much weight because really it has nothing to do with you, you know? 
it's everybody's internalized perspective. That's the advice we Mm -hmm. give is based off of our perspective on things, whereas somebody else is going to give different advice based on their perspective. So it really Mm -hmm. is that viewpoint. Everybody has a different viewpoint in the world based on their own experiences. And that's how they're going to tell other people what they think. And like you said, it sometimes isn't even about you. It's really about them. And maybe they knew somebody that didn't succeed. And so they're going to say, you know, well, I don't think you should do that. But they don't say it in so many words. They just mm-hmm. say, you know, you need to do this instead. Like, okay, but you had, that is your life and this is mine. And we are two separate people. Yeah, I was reading this interesting article one time about uh, kind of perception and as it pertains to the truth and how once after something happens and once it is retold by somebody, it is no longer actual factual. Like it's no longer truth. Like even if as it's perceived by somebody else, it's not the truth. So everything that you're hearing and getting from people is filtered through their perception, which distorts what is true. And I feel like it's kind of that type of thing. Like it's distorted because it's somebody else's perception of what you're doing. And then you're perceiving how they're perceiving you, you know? So it's like, I feel like when you're doing something big like this, like when you're like, you know what, I'm going to be an actor. And like Dana said, if my child said I was going to be an actor and I have one that I think could come to me and say, (laughs) I'm (laughs) going to be an actress, I would be worried for them because I would be worried for all the rejection. I would be worried for them having such a big dream that to me seems so unattainable. Like what percentage of the world is an actor or an actress? It's got to be a very, very small percentage, you know? But uh, yeah, I think that you have to be able to like block a little bit of that out and really have some internal belief to be able to take those big steps and to move into that role. Yeah. It just really speaks a lot to your determination because those words that people have to say, even though you may have the motivation to prove them wrong, they're, they're still hurtful. It's still hard. Like, and especially because we've all been on that part in entrepreneurship where you're doubting yourself, right? And you've like, did I make the right choice? am I doing the right thing? Maybe it's a really hard month or a hard season. And those people become your inner critic. And you hear those words over and over again. And you're like, maybe that person was right. Like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like, maybe I should step away and do something more stable or easier or whatever. But I think it's amazing that you've pushed forth and you created this, this business, like of being a voiceover actress. Like, that's awesome. I just think that's amazing. Thank you. And it's been a, it's been a journey. And I I wanted to piggyback off of what you said about that. I read somewhere that, you know, our own inner critics are somebody else's voice. It's Mm. always words that come from somebody else. We're not born criticizing ourselves, but our own inner critical voice is from somebody else in our life. And I thought that was really interesting. And when you peel it back a little bit, you go, well, why do I feel this way about myself? oh, was that what somebody said to me when I was five or whatever? It's that stuff that sticks with you. And so I think that's really interesting. And and just kind of a point I want to make is the things we believe about ourselves don't always come from us. Mm -hmm. The worst things we believe about ourselves don't always come from us. That's so true. And it's so- But I believe the best things that we believe about ourselves come from us, like come from experience, come from knowing, come from hard times, come from like overcoming those inner critics. And like, that's what gives you the confidence to like move forward into new and big things. But how much weight is that as human beings, right? That you have so much power over people in general, and even just break it down on a very easy level, parent to child, right? Like 
uh, having a daughter, like she comes down the, the stairs today and she's wearing this t-shirt and shorts, totally fine. But the shirt covers her shorts. So it looks like she's not wearing anything. She's, she's very not, long legs. She's very long legs. Like she's not wearing any pants. And, and I said, I said, Ada, do you, do you think you should like, do you tuck your shirt in? She's like, no. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe we don't want to walk around. Like we're not wearing pants. And she's like, why? I like it. And I was like, in the moment I was like, okay. I mean, you're wearing pants, you're covered. They're appropriate for school. Your shirt's just too big, but <laughs> whatever, that's fine. Like, and it's such a simple thing, but it's, you constantly think about what am I saying to her? Am I going to make her now be self-conscious of her legs? Am I going to make her be self-conscious of the shirt that she wears or how her hair is? Or, and am I going to be that voice in her mind, in her head? And I most certainly am going to be, it's why we have a therapy fund for our children. Cause you know, that's going to be needed one day, but <laughs> good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it just generally makes you realize that friendships, relationships, spouses, children, all those things. Like you have so much power over the words that you say to people. Mm-hmm. Words are powerful. Yeah. yeah. Words yeah. carry a lot of power. Which is so neat that that's your job. Basically. Yeah. Isn't that words. wild? Yeah. <laughs> it's words and it's how you say something and the meaning behind it and how it makes other people feel. It's, it's crazy. It's one of those things you don't think about until you're, you're doing it and you go, Oh, if I say this, this way, it takes on a whole new meaning. So yeah, yeah, it's not just speaking. It's your intent behind it. It's how it's the emotion behind it. It's how does that resonate with who's listening to it? And that goes for our conversations too. Is there like one certain like gig or like a moment that really like impacted your career? Like this was like where the tides turned. This was, this was what, major next direction? I think so. Yeah. There've been a few things. I think one of the best things that really just opened up new doors and felt it really made me push myself in a big way and to grow and to do better because I was determined, but I did Gary Vaynerchuk's animated pilot where it was all kids. And I was determined to play as many characters as possible because I really wanted to, you know, to prove that I could. And I wanted to provide them as much value as I could and say, you know, instead of trying to cast 12 different people to play 12 different characters, what if you cast three people and one of them plays 11 different characters? It was that sense of like, (laughs) let me see what I can do. And if you like it, then great. And if you don't, no worries. But I ended up sending them a bunch of things and they liked it. And I played more kids in that one project than I've ever played at once in the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And that was where I got really, really honed in doing boy voices. I play eight-year-old boys a lot, depending on the project, (laughs) but you know, you get a client on the line. They're like, all right, Bonnie, you're ready to be an eight-year-old boy today. And I go, "Mm mm-hmm. And then we start and it's like, yeah, so uh, we're going to do this thing today. And they're like, <gasps> it's just like, it's fun. That's so good. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> it's fun. And, and, yeah. but that was where I learned like really how to do that and how to do it and not hurt my voice because mm-hmm. you have to be really careful when you're creating these characters that they're sustainable choices because you never know if it gets picked up and it goes on for 30 years, like the Simpsons, you can't do something that's going to damage your voice for 30 years. Yeah. Right. That's just too, too risky. 
So you have to be careful with what you're doing, but doing that animated pilot was so much fun. And I met a bunch of really cool people and I got to work with Gary V who I loved. And it was just, it was really cool. And the creative team was so, so awesome. They gave me freedom and flexibility and they're like, yeah, do what you want. Just, just have fun with it. And if we want it in a different direction, we will. And then they animated some of the characters around the voices that I was doing, which was fun. There was like a a third grader, I think in it, or a sixth grader. They were all around that age. And one of them was like talking about broccoli. And I was like, I'm going to give him a lisp. And then they gave him braces around what I had had said. And then everybody's like, no, that kid was my favorite. The kid that was like, like everybody's favorite. (laughs) <laughs> and it just, it was so much fun. And it, the, the comments and that people were saying was like, this is getting my kid interested in entrepreneurship. And it's like, mm. I, I was part of a thing. And that oh, was yeah. like one of the highlights of my career for sure. Mm. That's awesome. That does sound awesome. Just kind of like stretching yourself and doing something that's a little bit uncomfortable and then nailing it. Yeah. It's amazing. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So we like to ask this question. It's complete opposite of that one. Yeah. Is what would you say? We like to call it your oh shit moment. Like the moment mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship and you're like, oh my God, like what did I do? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I here? Have you had a moment like that? And what was it? Oh, I'm sure. There were probably <laughs> a few of them because you know, when you're a creative entrepreneur, there's always mm-hmm. something. And I feel like it's always right before you hit your next level. You always have mm-hmm. that boss fight before you love up. You know, there was a moment where I was working and I didn't book anything for a single month. And I thought, what is wrong Mm. with me? What am I even doing? Mm. Am I doing the right thing? That felt like a big, you know, the big oh shit moment was like, what, what am I doing wrong? What's happening right now? Why am I, why is everything slowed down? And that's scary. Like, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, and when that happens, but yeah, what you really have to get creative and, and say, okay, what can I do differently now? Like if I'm not growing here, how do I adapt? Mm-hmm. How do I figure out what I'm doing wrong or what I could be doing better to get back mm-hmm. on track? So it just might be an adjustment that needs to be made, or maybe you have to update your website or there's just something missing. But I think that was, that's the moment that sticks out in my mind was the one, the month I didn't book anything. And, and it was mm-hmm. shortly after I went full time with it. So mm-hmm. I was doing that exclusively. And that was, that was scary. Yeah, that is scary. Or you're like, did I make a wrong decision here? <laughs> yeah, it's totally. Do you have people in your life that, cause I find <laughs> when I need to level up or when we actually do, it comes from normally an outside source where there's someone who's giving you really constructive feedback or you are in the presence of somebody that just genuinely like inspires you mm-hmm. to, to do something different or to take this idea that you have and really have it come to fruition. Is there people or things in your life that really helped you come from that oh shit moment that or those moments where it's really hard and get you to that next level that you were trying to get to? Yeah, I'm really fortunate to have a lot of really great friends in this industry that also happen to be coaches. Mm -hmm. And that's how I met them. And now we're friends and having that inspiration of like, okay, they went through tough times. I can do it too. And in this industry, people that you admire are a little bit more accessible than in other industries. Like you can Mm -hmm. take classes Mm -hmm. with most of your favorite voice actors. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't take a 
a film acting class with, you know, Brad Pitt or something. Like you really can't, right. you can't he's not going right. to sit there one-on-one and give, uh, he's just the first person I thought of, but you know, he's not going right. to sit there and give you. Feedback. I mean, I would go to that class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the voiceover is yeah. really different in that way of, of the people you admire yeah. are a little bit more accessible and you can train with them mm. and learn from these people and say, okay, you know, you have the career mm. that I want. How do I, how do I get mm. there and have that perspective? And they have yeah. the years and years of experience and they can help you out with that. That sounds like such a healthy community. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's definitely being in the art industry. There is definitely some of that. Like there are people that and would genuinely care about others and they're not really worried about the competition and someone stealing your gig or anything like that, but it's still fairly cutthroat. It is like, intent sometimes. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's super, that's really great that you, that there is like that support there. Yeah. And I, listen, I know about cutthroat and competitive. I, I came from TV and theater and film. I, and I know about yeah. that hundred yeah. <laughs> yeah. percent into a room and all the girls there look like you and you're all going up for the same part. And some of mm. them try these intimidation games while you're waiting and it's, mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a lot meaner now. I just kind of laugh at that stuff when somebody <laughs> tries to, to do that with me. I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. Back then I used to let it get to me a little bit more, but now, oh no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We don't do that now, but voiceover is very different. And one of my mm-hmm. friends who is one of my first coaches who had me go into her booth, she even told me, she said, you're technically my competition, but mm-hmm. I think you'd be really good at this. And she's mm-hmm. always been super supportive and has been nothing but happy for me with all of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she really also cool to have that. She also specializes in eight-year-old boys. She plays kids too. Yeah. Yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does a lot of kids stuff. She does a lot of singing stuff. Like she's amazing. Okay. And, you know, she was always been very supportive and has been one of those people that's always rooted for me. So it's really cool to have that in voiceover and in voiceover, you know, I'm not going to like bash, you know, TV and film and stuff. Like I just did an on-camera thing, but it's very different in the sense of when there's an audition for something that you don't fill the role for, or, you know, when people come to me and they say, you know, can you be a 25 to 35 year old male? I tell them, no, vocally, I cannot, I can Mm -hmm. play up to about a 12 year old boy and then I'm out, but Mm -hmm. I know people who could do that for Mm -hmm. you. I can, get those referrals and send them to you. I'm not just going to say, nope, you're on your own. I don't want to pass on that stuff to somebody else because who does that serve? That serves absolutely no one. Right. I can keep those working relationships and say, you trust Mm -hmm. me. Here are people I trust. I'm going to get you somebody Mm -hmm. who doesn't suck, who has their ish together, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and you can make a new relationship with them. And then you trust me and everybody's happy. You get what you're looking for. Everybody wins. I get good karma. It's all good. Mm -hmm. So it's really that community. And you know, there's still competition. There's still some parts of it that could be better, but overall, I think that's any industry, but overall it's a really good place to be. And everybody for the most part is really helpful and just, you know, there's plenty of work is the thing we just want to see. I really think you hit the nail on the head though. Like, I, I think that when you, when you come across that person that is, um, 
the, the one that looks at you as competition, the one that's not willing to like build you up. And, you know, and there's been times when there's been things out of our wheelhouse where like, you know what, like, that's not something we're great at, but here are some great people, a great venue or planner or whatnot, that at the end of the day, it does benefit you, whether it is emotionally, whether it is like you have better contacts, you have better karma and juju, which I think is so important in general, Mm -hmm. but it only builds you up because it only makes you stronger because that person is going to encounter that same thing. Yeah. I, I helped a client. They came to me and they asked me to do something I wasn't totally comfortable doing. And I played some of these characters before, Mm -hmm. but there were new characters and they said, you know, they need this kind of an accent. And I said, me personally, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't think it's not my wheelhouse. I don't think I'd be very good at it, but I also don't personally feel comfortable trying to give you this accent. If you're looking for this ethnicity, if this is what you're looking Mm -hmm. for, I can help you find people who are authentic and they will do a much better job. And I would rather pass (laughs) that on and make it sound better versus me trying to do it and having it sound totally ridiculous. And I just felt weird about it. So I said, you know, I'm not going to leave you in the dark here and I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers and I don't want to come across as offensive, but can I help you at least find some people to do it? I'll get their demos. I'll send them to you. You can decide if you like them or not. They never have to know if you don't, Uh, but if you do, (laughs) you have a new connection for these characters if you decide to bring them back. And they said, oh, that would be awesome. Like, thank you. And I said, I don't want to leave you high and dry and put you in a situation with your client when you are my client but I also know what my limits are and what I feel comfortable with. And I, I want to pass that on to somebody who could do a better job than me. I love that. Yeah. 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 So what would you say is the biggest uh, piece of advice that you would give really anyone, whether they're an entrepreneur or someone who's just really trying to chase that dream and and launch their business? Read a lot, (laughs) read a lot from other people, like do your homework, do your homework, Mm -hmm. look up, you know, we have all of this information at our fingertips. We live in this age of digital information and there's so many resources. And the more you look things up, you're going to learn more and you'll maybe also start to get bad information at the same time, but you're going to have that kind of come into the bigger part of the picture. And then you'll be able to discern what's good and what's not good, but don't just go to one website for advice you have to be able to do a lot of things for yourself. That doesn't mean don't ask questions, but you have to be the one to make sure that you are doing the reading and you're asking the questions and you're doing your research and you are the one that's propelling yourself. You can't expect somebody to give you all of the answers. You're going to fall down on your face a few times. You're going to learn some things the hard way, hopefully not as many lessons, and you can learn <laughs> from other people. And, and also another piece of advice I'm going to give, I know you said one, but there's so many that that's fine. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You're getting me talking. This is what I do. (laughs) If you, you know, email somebody and you ask them for their advice and they send you a bunch of things, the least you can do is say, thank you. And that gets overlooked a lot. And I'm, I'm a big stickler for that is when somebody's like, Hey, thank you very much. (sighs) You're welcome. I feel appreciated versus Mm -hmm. I, Every day I get emails from people that ask me, you know, how do I get started in voiceover? How do I break in? How do I do this? And I used to spend time every day, you know, mm-hmm. well, first of all, you have to do this and then da, 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 da. And rarely ever did I get anything back that said, thank you. Mm-hmm. And after a while I got too busy and I said, you know, 
I can't keep doing this anymore, especially if I feel like I'm unappreciated. I just took an hour or two of my time to send all this stuff over and they read it and they didn't say anything to me. And I said, you know, no, I'm too busy for that now. I can't do that for every single person. So I created on my website, a bunch of resources and it has Mm -hmm. books on there that you can read about your voice and voiceover and voiceover business techniques and a bunch of articles that are free classes you can take links to people's workshops you can take, podcasts you can listen to. All of this information is there. And so now when people reach out to me, I say, here's a list of resources, check those out. And those will probably answer most of the questions that you have when you're done with that. And if you still have any more questions, I'm sure you do. But if anything in there that wasn't answered, just let me know. And most of the time I don't hear back after that either, but it at least is like, I have this thing set up and that's just to protect my own peace of mind. And also I'm busy. I, 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 as much as I wish I could help every single person, I have to make sure I'm taking care of myself too. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard lesson I had to learn. So, you know, just say thank you when somebody helps you and maybe don't argue with them (laughs) and tell them that they're wrong when you're asking them for advice. Cause that happens a lot too. Oh my goodness. That's what I like to call the ask hole. Yeah. (laughs) That is so appropriate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you for advice. And then you give Uh, it, well, no, it's like, why did you ask? (laughs) I'm the one doing it, but you're telling me I'm wrong. Okay. friend. (laughs) Okay, Best of luck you. to you in your future endeavors. That's what I say when I'm, when I'm done. <laughs> so that's all uh, my general advice. And that goes for any industry. I think it's just, I cool. totally agree. Don't be a jerk. Say Don't thank jerk. you and, and do your homework. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's a lot. But it's amazing how many people don't do that. No, that, I mean, even just a simple, the hundred percent kindness. Thank you. But not doing your homework. It's amazing. Yeah. Like you're asking me stuff that is easily obtainable. Yep. Well, I love that. And I, so you're in this creative industry and I think this is kind of going along a similar lines. Last question. I think it's really hard when you're in a creative industry to stay inspired, right? Maybe it's to create that new voice or that new character. So what do you do to kind of spark that creativity and keep that inspirational alive in your business? Ooh, play with my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a big part of it. Play with my dog, hang out with other voiceover friends and just talk Mm -hmm. with them. And then suddenly you'll get a new character that pops up or Mm -hmm. taking classes helps, or even getting out of the house and going on a walk, like something Mm -hmm. that maybe has nothing to do with it. You know, if it's Mm -hmm. sitting and taking a bubble bath and just like getting out for a little bit and like get out of the office and go do something else that's totally unrelated that can help too. But when we got our dog, I said, you know, I'm going to find his voice. Animals are really good (laughs) at that. Animals and kids, they love voices, but I wanted to find his voice and I found it. And my husband was like, that's not his voice. I said, yes, it is. I'm the professional here. I think (laughs) I know my son's voice. And now he like, he does it too. So it's really funny, but. Were you like, don't be an asshole. I'm telling you, this is what it is. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) kind of. Yeah. I'm like, who's the professional here? I think I know what my dog sounds like. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and he has his voice and, and teaching kids, like teaching somebody Mm -hmm. else will Mm -hmm. also bring that out of you. Cause a, you have to know what you're talking about and B, especially when it's kids, you have to keep it interesting. You can't mm, be so boring. You can't mm. lose them. 
I have learned that in teaching the acting classes that I was teaching. That's helped a lot of like, okay, how do I boil this down? And you never dumb it down for kids. Kids are smart. You Mm -hmm. never dumb it down for them, but take it little bits at a time and don't make it overly complex because then they're just like, (laughs) I don't know what that means. You know, (laughs) you know, they, they just, they zone out. So keep it interesting, but keep it factual. Yeah. Uh, yeah I love I that. Know. There's, there's different ways. It, it kind of depends on what tickles your creative fancy, but mm-hmm. finding different ways of inspiration, you know, playing with animals or kids or, or something can help with that. Or sometimes just getting out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go somewhere. Get yes, out. Go somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Go somewhere. Get out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's been so fun chatting with you. Yes. So much fun. Yeah, thank yes. you. This has been great. Thanks everyone for gathering us today to talk about the hustle. To learn more about Bonnie Williams and her business, The Voice Over Superhero, visit vosuperhero.com or follow her on Instagram at voiceoversuperhero. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, at thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.